Welcome to Getting Behind the Desk, the 12-episode podcast series about the past, present, and future of broadcast journalism. Your host, John Dills, a senior mass communications major at Piedmont University, is going to explore topics relating to what broadcast has grown to be and what we can expect in the future. COVID-19 has really affected the way that broadcasters have the ability to do their job. I really wanted to speak to someone in this episode that could really give a great perspective on how broadcasters have had to adapt over time to the pandemic. Joining me in this episode today is special guest Mr. Luke Story. Mr. Story is a Piedmont University alum and is currently the president and CEO of the Arkansas Association of Broadcasters. What originally piqued your interest in broadcast? Broadcast was something that I really developed an interest in at a at an early age, watching you know, the Bob Costas, Bob Costas's and Al Michaels, and it was really kind of something that started with sports. I was I was completely enthralled at a young age, and I would I, I bought a handheld recording device. As a matter of fact, if you you might remember the movie Home Alone, and it was the uh, it was the little Talkman device that he had that he was doing all his recordings in i had one of those as a kid and i used it to record my own play-by-play commentary of any sporting event that i could watch i would record it and then i would take it back to my parents and ask them for critique and i just i loved it from an early age and i really wanted to try to you know i had that childhood dream of becoming the next anchor of sports center and so i i come and i i enroll at piedmont and I have to give a lot of credit to Dr. Van Camford. I think he would be the first to admit that I was probably more of a uh, more of a project than I was any sort of prodigy. He really took me under his wing, opened doors for me, and let me learn firsthand what the business was all about, what it took to be successful. And if it weren't for him, I most certainly wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, nor would, nor could I say I ever envisioned being in more of an executive leadership position. I always thought that I would be more behind the mic or uh, in front of the camera. Um, and it's funny how, how those things change as, uh, as time passes. But I am eternally grateful for him kind of finessing what was just kind of a, a novice interest into what has become my profession. Do you ever get to get behind the microphone anymore or is that more of something that you've previously done in your career <laughs> so it's it's funny you ask because it is definitely something i still love to do but what has changed is i still get opportunities to go behind the mic or in front of the camera but the topic of conversation has changed uh, now i'm the person that comes in and talks about regulatory policy and how the FCC might be trying to institute a new policy that would affect people. And I get to talk about all the, the regulatory and legal stuff that some people may find incredibly boring. Uh, it's important. Uh, never thought I would become, I guess, an expert on those topics. Uh, the, and that's what's changed is I still get, I still get the opportunity, but uh, the topic of conversation is not as uh, – fun and lively as a sports or uh, anything like that. (laughs) Do you ever miss going out and working on broadcasting for sports or really anything in particular? I do miss it. I don't miss uh, the long hours. Uh, There's a little more stability and 
in kind of uh, regular work hours that come along with my current position. Um, but what what I do miss is just the opportunity to get out and, and really develop relationships in the community that are relationships that are kind of based on a mutual promotion. Like they're, you're promoting their story. You're telling their story, but their story also garners attention for you. And it's like, I miss that. I miss the getting out and covering high school, college football games. And I I learned a lot. I mean, that really helped develop my character. You know, the going in uh, Friday nights, man, you cover a Friday night football game and getting to the station at, you know, probably noon. You have a noon shift, you work your noon shift, and then you're not getting back after the football games and you have to write up your report and you're not leaving until 3 o'clock in the morning and then you get up and do the same thing bright and early for Saturday morning uh, college football. And it really, it really, uh, it will push you to the limits of finding, you know, what's important to you uh, and what you really desire to do with, with your career. So I'm thankful for that. I do miss it, but... Uh, I couldn't imagine doing it now with a family. Um, I have uh, I have to say that my my wife would probably uh, would probably uh, exile me to the garage if I told her that I was going to be out until three. And then, <laughs> well, getting on into the topic of COVID nineteen, we know that COVID nineteen really affected the job outlook for many people, not just in broadcast but other professions as well. To you, how did the pandemic affect your professional career and what changes to your career have taken place since the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020? What the pandemic did for my career is that everything that we do suddenly was reprioritized. And what became top priority is the advocacy work that we that we do, uh, both at the state and federal level, but primarily at the federal level, because uh, what had happened is our our operations are funded by advertising, and the advertising is coming from local businesses that were forced to either completely close their doors or reduce their operations to a capacity where marketing and advertising didn't make sense. And so our my job became how can I how can I find or what can I do to make sure that broadcasters have the resources, the financial resources to remain financially viable. And that was what became every day, every morning, day in, day out. My primary focus was I'm going to be advocating with members of Congress about what can we do? Is there, you know, this bill? And it all became advocacy-based, ensuring that broadcasters were not going to have to shutter their operations because the advertising revenue had, there was a time where advertising revenue had declined by upwards of 60% year over day. And it's like that, that is, you can't even stomach that. How do you even keep your doors open as a broadcast operation? You can't have people coming in and producing content. And that's what we do. We're storytellers, we're content producers. And so we had to, everything we could, find alternative resources through federal advocacy. What were those alternative resources coming from the federal government? There were a few pieces of legislation that either made their made its way through Congress as a standalone bill or were added
added on to a larger bill or a larger package. One in particular was uh, a bill that you may remember the Small Business Administration was received some federal funds to be able to offer essentially loans that would be forgivable loans to businesses. And we advocated strong and boldly for that because twofold, it would benefit the businesses that were utilizing broadcast to market their businesses. So we were it would benefit them, but it was also going to benefit the broadcast stations themselves because a lot of times they are small businesses or sometimes, you know, television primarily is corporately owned, but they're all independent, locally run. They all adhere to and they all have to run their own budget. So they're officially a local business. So we wanted to make sure that they had access to the SBA funds. That was a big piece of it. And matter of fact, uh, one of our senators was the lead sponsor on the bill that opened up access for broadcasters to be able to, be able to apply for those funds. It's wonderful that you were able to help all these broadcasters be able to continue operation through the pandemic because we all know how difficult that could have been without. In the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, from a professional standpoint, what were the expectations of broadcasters? For example, working from home, wearing masks, what was different then compared to now when we have way more information on what's happening with the pandemic? That's a really good question. And I think first and foremost, it's important it's important to get out and, and make it very clear that broadcasters are the voices of their communities. And no matter the challenges that broadcasters face uh, and continue to face to this day, that's never going to change. That's who we are. That's what we do. And so you had stations that were cutting and recutting commercials for advertisers and, and longtime clients. And they were doing this pro bono just to keep the faith with their advertisers to show that we have, you know, we're, that we're with you. We have your back. We know things are tough. And, you know, I think one thing as far as how the production side of our business changed from pre-COVID to where we're at now is the content creation. Uh, I think it was realized on a mass scale that content creation could and is happening in home studios. It still happens at a broadcast studio, but the quality that we produced at a home studio is usually just as good as what's coming out of a broadcast studio. And this gave broadcasters the flexibility and the functionality that really wasn't realized before. And you're still seeing, you know, there's, I think one thing we've all learned is that COVID has really kind of opened our eyes to the fact that, you know, this is something that is entirely subjective. It really is a, you know, people are having to make personal decisions about how comfortable they are with whether it's work, whether it's going out in public, and with us, that's, you know, going out in public is, that's every day. We've become experts in Zoom and all of the video conferencing uh, softwares that are offered. I mean, we've become experts in that. Some folks, even some of the larger corporations, have ventured out and tried to develop their own, um, which I think will probably continue to have. COVID has really forced us to realize that we can work from home, or that doesn't take away from, you know, the important role that we serve in the community. And a lot of that is done by us being out in the community. We're, we're public servants and we are, we're stewards to making sure that the information that the community and those that listen or view what we're putting out there can be trusted. And so we, you know, we, we abide by the rules. Uh, they are changing 
rapidly. The more that we learn about COVID and all the variants that are coming, and that's that's on us. I mean, our role is to be communicating this constant and frequent evolution of information that's coming out about it. That's in that's probably the most important role that we have served before, during, and <laughs> current day. Is that it's our it, it is our role to make sure that communities across the country are informed and have a, a source that they could go to that is providing them with trustworthy journalistic information that they they can go to and say, okay, here's you know here's what I need to know. And that's another change. And that's something else too about kind of how the information is disseminated or put together is that it's more of just a brass tacked approach. Here's what you need to know. With COVID constantly evolving, are COVID restrictions, for example, wearing a mask, still being enforced? And how do broadcasters really feel about those restrictions? Is there any pushback against that? To be very clear, there's no pushback from broadcasters. On uh, There's no public pushback, uh, nor do I ever foresee a day where there will be a public pushback on any sort of mask mandate or any other COVID-related rule or protocol or whatever uh, term you want to apply. We will abide by that. We want to do what's best. Um, it does present its challenges, you know, particularly if you're looking at a station that is going to, I mean, anything that we're covering, sport, politics, community news, anything, it's really become more difficult because a lot of times those events have either been delayed, canceled, postponed. It's really hard to plan. And the broadcast industry is really structured in that they, they want to have a plan of you know, what, what the program is going to look like. What are we covering today? And that's all changed, too, because you don't have, you don't have the, the assurance that what you have planned today, it might, it might change tomorrow. It might change within an hour. So it's pushed broadcasters to say, okay, we can utilize all the tools we have in our toolbox to adapt and be prepared to offer what we can as far as here's the information. Yes, this event's canceled or, hey, we can't be going there anymore. We can't cover that because it's not happening. And what really one one particular scenario that was, uh, I, I think, worth mentioning is uh, you may remember uh, early last year when there was a public displays of, you know, some, some civil unrest and everything that was happening with uh, some of the big protests that you were seeing across the country. That's, that's extremely newsworthy. And broadcasters are expected to uphold, you know, their, their civic duty to be out there and covering that. But it became extremely complicated because these, these folks are out there um, – doing something that they you know they're they are legally constitutionally allowed to do and it's extremely newsworthy but then where do we go can we be in the midst like we want to make sure we're doing everything right so it's kind of uh it, it can get messy that got real messy because you want to be there to provide all the latest on what might be developing and keep the public informed but you also have to make a conscious decision about your own personal safety, both COVID and what what might be happening before you. But what what is because that is you know it's all going to change at a moment's notice. And I know during like specifically on January six, a lot of broadcasters were very concerned about the legality of going and capturing what was happening. And there was broadcasters who wanted to take a step back and not because they were concerned obviously about the legality 
but they were also concerned about COVID. For you, what is one takeaway that you've had from the COVID-19 pandemic? Oh man, I feel like there have been so many takeaways and, and lessons. For sure. But I think I think one thing in particular that sticks out to me is broadcasters stepping up, doing whatever it takes, continuing to do whatever it takes, serve their communities, to keep them informed, and utilizing some of the technology that you know we knew existed and that we knew that it would allow for some greater flexibility to originate and aggregate content from multiple locations. That's something we've done all along, but this has really, and I think this could be maybe almost a silver lining to all of it, is that we realized in real time, because we were forced to, the capabilities of some of this technology. How do broadcasters feel about, like, obviously there's going to be people on both sides, but about going into public situations, what are the feelings on that? I think it's kind of all over the board still. Uh, that being something that is, you know, an, an independent or subjective business decision. I think some broadcasters are you know, and it's it's really put a put a it put a challenge before some of the broadcast company leaders to say, you know, how are we going to lead our employees through this? Do we give them the latitude to make these decisions? Are these are these personal decisions to start with? I think that's kind of one thing that everyone agrees on. But then there are other broadcast operations that are saying, you know, let's get back at it. Let's get back out there, and they're allowing their they're they're allowing the uh, the reporters and and employees to make their own decisions. When you're comfortable, you know, the office will be open. You could come. You could go to, you know, you could go to this event and cover it. Or if you if you prefer to continue to do it virtually and do a virtual interview, we're okay with that. Um, it's just kind of a, you know, it, I don't want to say it's the new normal, but I think it's something that all of us are, getting used to it's, it's it's important for broadcasters and especially you know, the, the leaders of broadcast operations to accept that this is going to be something that their employees have to make their own personal decision on and allow them to develop whatever comfort level they have and that's going to obviously change over over time but you're going to continue to see broadcasters um you know, post the evening news one may be in the studio and the other one may be at home uh, you may see reporters going live from uh, from an event. I think it's important to that we can't live in fear, and I don't think we are living in fear. I think it's more of we will we we are beginning to see it. I mean, we're we're beginning to see a return to, to business operations. We're beginning to see businesses, you know, really adapt and get real. You know, they're really getting creative with some of their business ideas of how they're getting to their customers and. I did there. It's really kind of been fascinating too, is that a business will come to a, a broadcaster or a media outlet and say, I have this idea and broadcasters are eager and they're ready. Yeah. Let's make it happen because it's, it's fun when someone comes to you with a creative idea. I don't think there's been an, a broadcaster out there that can't say, you know, man, I've, I don't know. I don't know if I should go out there. Is it, is it the right thing to do? And I don't know if anyone really has an answer on what is right, but we will continue to get out, cover events, provide news to the public and whether it's being done at a home studio or in a broadcast studio i don't think uh i don't think many can see the difference in the quality but what's delivered is the same it's trusted information 
That was Mr. Luke Story, current CEO and president of the Arkansas Association of Broadcasters. I want to thank him so much for joining me on today's episode of Getting Behind the Desk. Thank you for listening to Getting Behind the Desk with John Dills. Look for a new episode each week highlighting different perspectives of broadcast journalism from the past, present, or future. 